0: Coming up next in The Ziegler Show, have you ever paid for personal coaching? What were the biggest turn-ons and turn-offs? That's the question I posed to our listeners and the responses were really telling. Number one, turn-off was having a strategy pushed on them without feeling heard and understood, having their needs known. And the top turn on was individualized guidance. Those two go hand in hand. But it's a show to help anyone interested in getting coaching or consulting to vet a prospective provider. And conversely, it's highly valuable for providers to hear what people really want. Tom Ziegler and I also talk at length about the differences between coaching and consulting, which, again, will help people know which type of provider they want to hire or which providers are best equipped to offer. Uh, Another big value topic we cover is understanding people are not so much choosing which coach or consultant to hire, but whether to hire one at all as the greatest competition is doing nothing. Welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. This podcast has a simple premise. It's to take the age-old wisdom of self-help and personal development and break it down as to how it relates to our world today, to your world today. You can dig in more with each episode at kevinmiller.co. And if you're new to Ziggler and are a coach or topic today or want to become one, let the Ziggler family empower you. Go to ziggler.com slash coach leadership program. Well, now Tom Ziegler and I break down what people do and don't want from coaches and consultants. Tom, I'm going to start off with a comment uh, that was given on Facebook by a listener, Kevin Ganey. And I, I know, I know Kevin, but he led off with a good topic here. He said the biggest turnoff for him with coaches has been those who forcibly pushed a framework or system without building rapport first. And the biggest benefits then were the ones who asked enough questions to accurately identify the underlying issue and not just the presenting problem, which reminded me of all of our discussions on sales. You know, sale an authentic moral sell is understanding what the person's need, not just trying to sell them something. So with that though, In working with coaches, I know you see that propensity and I have too, where you have a coach goes, man, I've got a great formula. You know, I'm a, uh, I've got this for, for business coaching, for finance coaching, for health coaching. I've got a great formula. So you hire me and I'm going to walk you through that formula and the propensity sometimes to make that the focus, which is this would be the product or service as opposed to the person. And that's, uh, I mean, I think that's something that can tempt all of us as coaches and consultants to focus on this and you know it works. You know this framework works or can work for people and to focus on that and miss the person. So thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's a
1: great observation. And the thing that I see is that uh, the number one challenge in sales for, for especially new salespeople is the same challenge for new coaches is they just throw up the catalog of, Hey, we can do this and this and, this and this and this and this and this and this, and this is our, this is the problem we solve. And this is how we solve the problem. And they don't even know if you have the problem. Yeah. <laughs> they, they never dig in and ask. Um, and that's why when, when somebody s- says, Hey, I'm interested in coaching, or being coached, that first session is a discovery session. Mm-hmm. And when you're in sales, that first uh, presentation, conversation, engagement, face to face, Zoom, on the phone, doesn't matter. That's a discovery call. And you should be equipped with really, really good questions to really discover what's the challenge what's the need what's what's going on and it's it's not a uh you you don't stop at the first thing oh we need this right you dig into it because uh just like that that listener said it's most people will tell you it's on the surface they'll say this yeah this is my problem that's not the problem there's something underneath that that's causing the problem. Yeah. And, and in our, in our, gosh, even in our coaching process, not even in the sales process, but in our coaching process, we, we talk about there's, there's five keys in our process. Discovery is the first one. Yeah. Right. And out of that comes insight. Yeah. Cause if, if it's, if you're, you know, a lot of times people are unaware of what's holding them back, right? They've buried it so far that they're unaware of it. And then once you get inside into it, there's a light on it. Then all of a sudden, great coaches say, well, gosh, looks like there's a choice here. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right? Yeah. I, I, yeah, well, I, I, I I like that. I mean, from a, what I've realized, even with myself, Tom, is often if I'm going after coaching and consulting, and we'll talk a little bit about the differences between those. But if I'm going after that, a lot of times, it's not always my first attempt to solve something or address something. So sometimes I might be coming and I'm almost a little ugh, I'm a little frustrated. I'm going, okay, I just need somebody to tell me. I thought I could do it. I need somebody to tell me uh, what to do. I need some guidance. And I want somebody to understand me in an acute Example of that was when I helped our buddy Dr. Randy James transition his medical practice to a cash pay only, a functional medicine model where he really went deep with people. What we realized, and I was doing the sales initially, I was taking that call from the person on the other end of the line. The majority, not it wasn't, it was it wasn't a huge majority, but sixty forty or something, was often women, and it was often women who were dealing with something, and they were kind of frustrated, and realized that, and it was kind of my natural sales process as a student of Ziegler to understand them. And what we realized is, and it kind of came after my own surprise of going "Oh My gosh, that's the, that's the second, uh, you know, second call out of the last six where this lady's crying in the first 10 or 15 minutes, just because she feels understood. And what we, we kind of came back to the drawing board and realized, man, that's our first line of care. So if they're coming to get care and we're gonna give them 100% of the care, the first 10, 15% of their care might happen in that first phone call. They feel understood. They feel like, oh, somebody gets me. And that was an acute example uh, to me, uh, maybe more so than even some of my past sales uh, efforts of the importance of that. And I realized that's what I want. And to Kevin's, Gaty's response here, it was interesting because my last, the last person I paid and it was more of a consulting role, which again, we'll, we'll hit on. But uh, the last person I paid, they did that. Just what you talked about. What'd you say? They throw up, threw up on me. <laughs> they, they just, they got, got me. They got the first thing and said, okay, here's my stuff. And I knew, and I, I saw it and I realized this is stuff they use for everybody. That's okay. So we went through, you know, I understand. But of course I'm thinking I'm paying you to look through that, understand me and tell me which of those fit me which, you know, back to Randy. I mean, he's a functional medicine, you know, he's an MD. He knows primarily what's going to help people, but his job is to come in and figure out, yeah, but what's going to work for this person? Cause he's going to tell you Tom Ziegler, Hey, you know what? Why don't you do X, Y, Z to fit your life and fit your capacity and fit your issues. He's going to tell me something different, uh, very different. Now it's going to culminate in some similar things, but we're going to go about it different ways. So yeah, I I feel like that is such a huge issue that needs to be, I mean, you've got to be a good asker, a good understander of people and to realize that that's what I feel like, Tom, that your first win as a coach or consultant is for that person to go, yes, you understand me. You get me, man. That's, I don't know what the percentage is. I want to make it a high one though, that that is your first When your first line of care is what I think of.
1: Yep, I agree. And and you know, I'm just recalling the first time I met Randy, uh, when I came out to your office. And yeah, I think we had a late lunch because it took most of the morning to to do the stuff. And you asked me at lunch, what do you think? And I was like in tears because yeah, I felt I felt heard. Yeah. Right? I remember that. and, And all it was was just like the whole definition of complete physical completely changed. Yeah. Right. Cause normally you go into a doctor's office and you get a complete physical and it's like, okay, your blood work is this, you need to you need to take this and you need to stop eating that. And then they look at you and and weigh you and and say, Do you have any questions? <laughs> right? That's like a and this was like these these deep questions about not only what my situation was health wise, but what I wanted it to be and why. Yeah. And that's what a coach does. And so there's a huge, um, people are so tired of the noise. They're, they're tired of the catalog. Hey, look, (laughs) I'll just go to Amazon. Right. It's, it's like a, A a website of a million catalogs. I mean, that's that's what it is. If somebody's really trying to take their life to the next level, they don't need another catalog. Amen. Thank you. Yeah. They need somebody who understands and asks the questions to not only understand where that person is, but to even help that person understand where they are.
0: Yes, Because there's yes. so much noise that people don't know where they are. It's information overload. We get that. And and again, going even pointing to myself, because I'm a, I'm a participant in here, I will tend to, out of impatience, here I am right now today, I have a need. I don't want to go find a coach or a consultant right off the bat. I, I'd really like the issue solved right now. So I'm going to go to Dr. Google, as Randy would call it, and try to figure something out right now. And ultimately often in certain areas, I just can't, I do need a coach or a consultant. So by the time I've come to them, I've done that though. I've looked at this. I've looked at that. I've kind of got information to overload again. I'm going to say, I, I, I'm probably a little bit frustrated if nothing else. And so I go to somebody and I want them to understand. So yeah, we're pointing to this first aspect of, and it's, it's an exploratory step one. I like to think of it in terms of an audit, man. I can't help you until I audit you. Right. Uh, Let's see. Prescription without diagnosis
1: is malpractice. Oh, there's that's stout. Yeah. Yeah. And so, for those listening, you know, the difference to me between a consultant and a coach is a consultant is an expert who's going to bring the solution. Right. A coach is somebody who's going to help you uncover where it is you want to go and then ask you the questions that you commit to so that you own the process right so there's a difference there Uh, they're mowing our yard right now and i would hire a consultant to mow the yard i don't need a yard coach because i don't want to do the yard yeah (laughs) right yeah now i might hire a coach if i wanted to understand how the roots grow Right, so that I could start, but I just don't want to know that much about it. But when it comes to my life, I want a coach who helps me to
0: understand how the roots grow. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a second, Tom, because I was playing with that as people responded. Hopefully, we'll get a couple responses, but we've we've already said this multiple times: coach and consultant. A lot of people, I think, use those in tandem. I separate them and you just gave somewhat of a separation. But, you know, I wanted to look at, you know, what is it that you need when you're coming forward? If we look at a health coach specifically, we generally want someone, people come and they want someone who will give them direction, give them prescription like you talked about. But we generally in that context, uh, in, that, in that category of coaching, we are looking for some encouragement, some motivation some accountability even. Now, oftentimes in my business, I don't, just like you said, I'm not looking for that. I don't need accountability. I'm I, It's my business. I'm accountable to myself. I'm plenty motivated. I don't really need your encouragement. I need direction. I might be looking for a little affirmation because here's what I'm thinking of doing. What do you think? I do find myself doing, I do that with you, Tom. I do that with Randy. I do that with friends. I'm I often, I'll bring together say, Hey, this is what I'm looking at doing. What do you think? See if I'm off base, get a little counsel. So I'm looking for some affirmation and a little bit of direction, not encouragement, motivation, accountability. I put those in the coaching uh, nurturing is another good one there that coaches do well. Um, uh, our, our buddy, uh, Stephen Makeham, some, you know, he was a, he was a high school football basketball coach. man he knows how to encourage and motivate and give accountability and to nurture uh, and, and whatnot. Now, I, that may be something that you need. That's great from a client' standpoint. Do you need those things, or do you not? You just need direction. I, I like that differentiation with coaching and consulting, and it's I'm biased, I'm not biased. It's tangible to me because as a provider in that arena. I am a consultant because as a coach, that's not my forte. I'm not the best encourager motivator. I don't want to keep you accountable. I just want to give direction. So it shows me who I should work with, but that shows us both. It shows me one, what I'm offering and what I'm not. And I got to tell my prospects that, and as a, as a, as a prospect, as a customer of this, then I need to go forward. I'm going to be best to find somebody if I know what I need and then audit them to see if that's what it looks like they provide or not. When I think of um,
1: what a coach does versus a consultant or an expert or an auditor, um, let's just use, you said a health coach versus trainer, right? A lot of people get a trainer. That's good. Yeah. So so in my mind, a trainer is somebody who you go and see and they know how to work out and they teach you how to do the moves correctly and they plan the workout and you just go and do the the workout. Uh, The problem is, is that most people show up and it's not, it's not the lack of, of physical ability or knowledge to do the moves that's holding them back. And this is where a coach comes in. So, a coach comes in and says, oh, well, why do you want to work out? What's the end goal? What's the purpose? What are you working towards? Well, why haven't you worked out in the past? What's kept you from being, you know, in the shape that you want to be in? And they take a holistic whole life balance and they don't assume that you're like everybody else that they work out, right? Just because... You know, you're the same age range and you got the same body shape as the other 22 people this person's working out. They don't assume any of that. And then they say, okay, it's not, it's more than just a physical workout. So a coach, in my mind, is really going to get into the mental. They are going to provide encouragement and motivation and they're going to send you uh, texts and emails and encouragement throughout the week. You might only be going in two, three, four times a week, but you're going to feel that. And then they're going to bring in, a coach is going to either recommend or connect you with other people who have skills outside of their expertise that you need, maybe a nutritionist, maybe a physical therapist, right? And so they're going to bring this uh, holistic approach based on what they discover. And if they're not in discovery mode the whole time, Yeah. Like, this is where our trainers and coaches, to me, separate. Um, A trainer says, this is how you're doing it. This is how you should do it. A coach says, gosh, I noticed you lean to the left when you do that. Why are you doing that? (laughs) Oh, well, I've got an injury in my left shoulder. Oh, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, a lot of times you'll see this, good trainers will turn into coaches over time because it's a natural human relationship skill. And so one of the things that I tell people who are interested in becoming a coach, you should go through the process. You should go through a coaching system, whether it's something we have or somebody else has. And the reason is, is that your eyes are going to be opened up. You're going to see the world in a way that you never saw it before, right? It's just the same way with salespeople. Hey, you know what? I think you should take a coaching approach to sales Versus, you know, the old school, you know, scripted kind of pressure type because people don't respond to that. They never did, right? They did it. They did that. They responded better than somebody who didn't have a plan. But they don't respond near as well as to somebody who's trying to understand what it is that they need and what they need to discover on their own. So, yeah. coaching uh, when you look at the top. in any category, you'll find coaches supporting that person. I mean, it's just part of the deal. And so the question is: did they get good enough to afford a coach, or did coaches help them become world-class so that the money didn't matter?
0: You are listening to The Ziegler Show and my discussion with Tom Ziegler on what people want and don't want from coaches and consultants. We'll be right back. And that was a big discussion point that I didn't know if I wanted to get into necessarily in the show here, Tom, but people talk uh, in the thread and the Facebook question where I asked this. Uh, which folks, if you want to be a part of that, it's just on my personal page. Agent K Miller on Facebook is where I generally ask these questions and get a lot of feedback. And they talked about money. There was actually the thread was still going when we started the show here. And people were talking about that. "Ah, People can't afford it. And of course, other people saying, "Ah, we all afford what our priorities are, you know, and and we went back. So I don't know if cost is what we want to get into, but I, I like your perspective on coach and trainer. And it made me think again about myself because I'm often pursuing so many things. If I am wanting to get better at mountain biking, I'm already an expert mountain biker. I need a trainer. I need somebody to look at what I'm doing and see how I can improve and say, Hey, do you know, do this, do that. Here's what I would prescribe. Here's how you can go up another level. Uh, I don't need a coach there. Now, how about meditation? There I could use a coach because one, I don't have knowledge. I am not an expert. Two, I'm kind of struggling with my motive because I don't really want to do this. I want the benefits of it, but I don't enjoy doing it. I love mountain biking. Don't need any encouragement, motivation, nurturing, nothing there. Uh, and you mentioned mental. And that, I, honestly, that's a huge defining point, I think. In this coaching, do you need is there, maybe you got a better term, Tom, but do you need mental support as part of this? Or do you just need direct and directive prescriptive? I think that's a great point for us to look at, again, as customers, as prospects, as we're going to look for a coach slash consultant, whoever's going to help us. are is this somebody who you feel like you need some mental guidance as well, some mental support, some, incur- again, encouragement, uh, motivation, accountability. Or do you, are those things good? You just need prescriptive help. Because I can go along in different areas of my life and I can separate those two pretty quickly. And I also love it from a provider standpoint to look at where are you strong? And I found myself sometimes, I want to be a coach. Even for my kids, sometimes I want to be a coach. I want to nurture them along. That is not a skill set that I have. I've not pursued trying to grow it. I don't enjoy that. I don't look for, and part of it's, I don't look for it for myself. I'm pretty driven. I'm writing a book on drive. I'm pretty driven. Uh, but uh, I, I often need help in in how to drive better, which way to drive. Okay, that's more, again, consultant. So I like that coach, trainer, and you looking at pulling out just the mental aspect. Is that being too simplistic? You know, it's it's obviously, it's got a lot Um
1: we can all pull out an example. Oh, they're a coach or they're a trainer. And we can argue about that and everything. And, and when you said pulling out the mental uh, coaches understand that it's all about the mental, right? I mean, it's like, because that's the, that's the governor on your system your mental processing, the way you think about it, what you believe about yourself, that's going to determine how far you go. And because here's the reality is if if we're learning something, it's like, you know, when in your in your bike riding career, you know, in the in the first couple of years, you made, you know, you know, incredible gains every three months. I mean, people who could watch you would say, wow, look at them. There's some. And then the further you go down the road, it's like getting just a little bit better take so much time, so much energy, so much dedication, and an outsider might not even notice it, right? And so that's where the mental fortitude and grit and determination has got to come in. And I was smiling when you were talking about the mental because, you know, my goal early on was to be a professional golfer. And Hank Ainey was my golf coach and he's well-known. And I remember one day I'm having a lesson and he, he started to go into the mental side of the game. And by the way, uh, most touring pros, they have a swing coach and then they have a mental coach, right? They got a psychologist or somebody like that working with them on mindset. And so I'm sitting there uh, working on it. And then he says, okay, well, I'm, you know, I was getting ready for a tournament. And he says to me, what do you think about as you are getting ready and then you hit the ball, like what's going through your head. <laughs> I said nothing. I'm like literally thinking of nothing. And I asked him, was that good? And he said, that was good. Uh, because what we think about in the moment of action, that either slows down or speeds up our ability to process information. Yeah. Um, And so, but I've always wondered, Hey, is that like the highest level of, of thinking that you can have right before you
0: pull the trigger is nothing. Uh, Maybe it is. Well, it's, it's interesting you're saying that because yeah, it's not fair to separate one, you know, consulting, coaching out or training coaching as, you know, one deals more with mental or not. It's probably the type, you know, you are, is it, is it mental support or mental direction? You know, do you need the mental support of again back to encouragement nurturing motivation or do you just need direction because you're totally right tom i'm up here i'm about 15 miles from the olympic training center in colorado Springs. so this is where uh, a, a majority of our olympic athletes come and train there's another one out in san diego uh, but a, a lot of the a lot of a lot of the winter athletes we just saw man they train right down here so i know uh, a guy i've met him through randy who does neurofeedback, literally puts stuff, uh, 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 what is it called? Kind of a cap on your head with electrodes and is mapping your brain to see how it works. He works with a lot of high-end gold medal Olympic athletes because he's looking for that, just like what you talked. He's looking for a a 0.01% change in like that. And like right before you take that lift off to do your twirl on... Uh, figure skating, you know, or whatever, what are you thinking? Those little bitty things, but it's, I would put that more than mental support as mental directive. And you've probably done that too, Tom. I'm actually thinking about the last coaching client that I worked with, coaching consulting, uh, really consulting. I'd put him in there, but I did have some things that go. Okay. I I hear you. I hear what you're saying. And you're thinking of yourself this way. And I really see your best opportunity to position you this way and for you to embrace your role in this way. So it was a directive from a mental standpoint, more than a, I didn't need to pump him up. I didn't need to motivate him. I didn't need to come in and rah, rah, cheer and encourage him, which again, that's, that's a huge part of a lot of great coaching, And again, I like that. That's why I like this show. I like the topic. I like the differentiating of one. If you are looking at it, what do you, do you know what you need? Uh, And as a provider, I'm saying you should know what you have to offer. Where are you strongest? And you may say, man, I will come in. I can help motivate you. If you're lacking motivation and, and, and confidence, man, I can help you there. Well, that's awesome. There's a lot of people who need that in certain areas. I need that in I need that for meditation. I don't need that though for for my cycling over here.
1: Yeah, and I and I think um just to draw a line, let's just call it the line between trainer and coach. Okay. Um a trainer is going to look on the technique, the physical side, and they might motivate you while they're with you in the workout, right? And good trainers will do that, right? They'll get you fired up. You'll, you know, they'll get you ready to go do it. Uh, coaches are more focused on, hey, how do I equip this person to motivate themselves? Because right? if if we're all ex- if we're all looking for you know external motivators all the time, yeah, um, then my goodness, you know, it's going to be a long life. It's going to be a long life. we got to learn how to motivate from the inside out. There's a lot of studies on what people want and need. And just to, you know, we're talking about from a, from a coaching perspective, from a coach's mindset, and also from a, do I need a coach? So here's what's interesting. Um, the, the number one, or other than healthcare, the number one thing that, that people want when they, when they go and work for a new company is they want a personal and professional development plan. Mm-hmm. In other words, what they want is somebody in leadership there to say, Hey, you're valuable and we want to help you grow into a more capable person tomorrow than you are today. Well, how does that happen? Well, Gallup, you know, a whole nother study says that the silver bullet in and increasing performance on the job is an intentional goals, coaching conversation done every week. And so what do people want? They want an organization that sees a future for them. And then I've taken those two things and kind of, and they want to grow. And I've taken the Gallup study and I've kind of molded it. And I've said, look, the number one business challenge today is businesses need to attract, develop, and keep top performers. That's the number one business challenge. And then the number one skill of a leader is to – that they need to hone in and develop is the ability to have a goals and growth focused conversation around attitude, effort, and skill every week. Mm -hmm. So if you're a business leader out there and you're trying to grow your business – the silver bullet is to have your leaders work with everybody on the team one on one every week, even for just ten or fifteen minutes, around their attitudes, efforts, and skills. How are how is that individual going to own the those three areas to improve so that they can contribute more? And so, if that's the big issue in business, and I'm a solopreneur, or an entrepreneur, or a mom, or a dad, or report to myself, and what business has identified as the number one reason that productivity and performance goes up is, is is that what I just said, then why wouldn't we want a coach who's going to play that role in our life? Who's going to help us create a personal and professional development plan (laughs) and then have intentional conversations with us every week about the progress we're making on the plan we created for ourselves? I mean, that's a, that's a really foundational thing, um, and and I'm sure that if you took all your money and you invested in it in the success of a company or an athlete or something else, uh, you would probably want them to have
0: a coach. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you talk about an athlete. My gosh, look at the NFL. I mean, you know, your buddy Bob Bodine and and uh, known some other people who work in that industry. Man, that is rife with. So here you've got somebody. You've got a team. What's an NFL team? How many players are on a team? I have no idea. I'm guessing 45 or 50, 45. So these guys are all in there. The least paid person is probably making 150, 200 grand. I mean, they're or more or more. Yeah. The team yeah. has the best trainers, the best coaches, the best support. And yet how many of those guys are also paying personally out of their own pocket for high end trainers? My understanding from, or my experience is most of them, uh, in sports yep. overall, they're pay, they're going outside and they're paying for somebody in the off season to help them specifically grow. That, I that's mean. Pretty. Talented. I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying this tongue in cheek, but
1: when you look at somebody like Tom Brady, I think he probably has six or seven different specialty coaches that he works with. Yeah. And tongue in cheek, I bet his coaches have coaches to help the coaches mm-hmm. coach better. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just this, because we don't know everything and we, we don't see our blind spots as yeah. fast as somebody else does. And, and, you know, it's in the athletic performance world. It's about getting a result as as frequently and as fast as possible. As frequently as possible, and as fast as possible. That's that's really what peak athletic performance is. Is I want to go out there, and I want to do the. I want to perform at my maximum capacity, as yeah. frequently and as fast as possible, over and over and over again. And there are so many variables into that. And and in order to do that, I need somebody who's invested in me looking at me and asking me the questions to say, hey, it's time to change up the routine. Hey, it's you know, we're not making the progress that we needed to make or hey, look at this. We could go over here and
0: help on this. I mean, you're talking about something that's so acute to me. And I think I talked about it in a recent show. If not, it was with somebody talking about the show that I did with Dan Pink. He has the book, uh, the power of regrets. It just came out, and that's one of my regrets. You're speaking to it, Tom. I was a professional cyclist. I, I achieved enough to get a pro license and to race professionally on the circuit. That's pretty. That's a pretty big deal. I should, I'm proud of that. I was an incredibly sporadic and mediocre pro, and the primary reason is I was so uncoachable, especially as in my. I had some opportunities in my early twenties where I shown, I was on some big podiums. I had some really shiny days and then I'd have a whole bout of really bad ones. I was so uncoachable. I was, I was arrogant, honestly. Uh, and I regret that to this day. I regret that I could have done so much more, but now you mentioned Tom Brady and of course people are going to hear right away. Of course he has six full time, you know, trainers, he can afford it. We're back to the money aspect And there's no easy answer for that. I understand people are strapped. I do think we tend to afford what's priority, you know, to us. And I have heard a lot of stories from the people on the bookshelf behind me who have said, you know what? I was at the end of my rope. I spent my last dime. Now I'm going to exaggerate that. I'm going to, I'm going to share some exaggerated, you know, uh, perspectives and that's it. There's some stories back here of literally people going, man, I took my last dime. Literally had one not long ago who said I, I maxed out a credit card, not telling any of our Dave Ramsey folks to do that, not advocating that, but just making a point. And I got coaching and it was the most valuable thing I, had ever done. Now would be far better off to save the money, put it aside, do without something else and pay for it. Don't use your credit card. Don't uh, jeopardize your mortgage payment or your family's welfare. But man, we hear it's it's hard to refute the testimonies that we hear from people who did what it took and invested in a coach because Tom, yeah, as you said, it's just hard to see our blind sides. And I wish we all had a Yoda that came along and some mentor who just for free invested in us and guided us. It just doesn't happen much. That is another option. We talk about that. Go ask, look at people whose guidance you would like and go ask them, ask take them out to coffee or lunch and ask them, but it's hard to get invested counsel, uh, which is really why not to go down that trail, why we have such problems with people who are offering free coaching and trying to do that. And people who want free coaching, you generally don't have enough investment and engagement from either side, from either party, from the coachee or the coach, when money's not on the table. We just, it's just behavioral psychology. It is. It is.
1: It's, uh, I remember early in my career at Ziegler, uh, I think I was, you know, early 20s and we were selling products on the product table at a big event, you know, when dad would do the big event. And so, so this guy comes up and he's, you know, older than me, probably 30. And, uh, he looks at our package and the packet, one of the bigger packages back then, it was $300. Yeah. And he looks at me. And so this is, you know, 25 years ago, maybe, well, more than that, 30, 30, 30 years ago, he goes, uh, he goes, $300. Wow. You can buy a nice suit for that. Why wouldn't I buy a suit? Cause I don't have any, I don't have money. Didn't start it in my career. I need a suit. I didn't have an answer for him. And so later dad comes up and I said, Hey, this guy came up and, you know, he said, gosh, $300. I could buy a suit with that. I need a suit for my career. And I said, well, dad, was somebody that tight on money? how do we justify a program? You know, basically 30 hours of audio is what it was. It was two programs bundled together, cassette tape days. And he looked at me and he said, son, uh, a suit won't change his life, but this will. And I think the more that bite hurts on people buying the audio program, the more they listen
0: to it. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and my discussion with Tom Ziegler on what people want and don't want from coaches and consultants. We'll be right back. It is what we invest in. Tom, it's interesting that you say that because probably I'm going to guess around 35 years ago or more that I questioned my dad, Dan Miller of 48 Days the Work You Love. and I, Our family was not doing great financially. I knew that. And he's going to an event. I need to ask him because it'd be really funny if it was a Ziegler event. Uh, It was an event or a seminar. It was something like that. I I bet it was Ziegler. It might have been a Carnegie course, something like that. I just remember the dollar amount was $500. I was like, seriously? $500? You're going to... How on earth can something... It was kind of that same way. How can it be worth that much? He said, man, if it gives me one good idea in my work, in my business, in my life, it could be worth... 10 times that 100 times that and it did it changed that perspective for me and you know be interesting to do uh, an audit on every person who's been on the ziggler show which were over 175 guests from you know andy andrews and dave ramsey and seth godin and all these people it'd be interesting to find out if any of them have not ever paid for coaching That'd be an interesting survey to do, just to support coaching, because I'd say chances are, a hundred percent, have paid someone along the way for coaching. We know that from Seth Godin's story back when he couldn't afford squat, he was paying the money for Ziggler cassettes. What, what did he say? It's like a cu- couple hundred bucks or something. Do you remember the story? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, cu- a couple hundred, and he didn't have the
1: money, and yeah. or he didn't say he didn't have the money money. He just said it was a stretch and he wore them out. Yeah. He he wore them out and then he bought another set and then he wore that one out. And, you know, and he's so, you know, people, I I think what Seth has really said is, is for everybody who hears him tell the story is look, I didn't get here because I'm smarter than you or that I've got some special gift or some superpower into the inner circle gosh, I got here because I made a decision of where I wanted to go. And I was going to change my mind, you know, and put the good stuff into my mind and associate with the right people on the way there. And he's, he's master at telling the world, you know, the, the bad decisions he made along the way. So he wasn't immune to bad decisions along the way, but what never changed was just this curiosity and quest for gosh, How can I be better? How can I do that differently? What else is there to learn? And that's something that great. I mean, the difference between good and great coaches to me is um, a a good coach will sit down and uncover the need and ask the right questions and get you to take ownership. A great coach just gets really curious in there and says, what's... What's going on? You know, what's driving all that? Then they go out on their own and they find new information mm-hmm. to bring back to, oh, you know what? I think this is what you need. And that motive in that follow through to go out and discover what they need and to learn internally what they need so they can transfer it to who they're coaching. That's what keeps elevating them. Yeah. Is, um you know, great coaches who make a lot of money coaching and who have the who's who of people out there who call them coach. <laughs> Those people they are coaching are helping to build that coach even higher. Right. Because yeah. the coach is constantly it's really, you know, Google's like this the search engine for. Uh, you can find anything on it. Well, a great coach is like a search engine, trying to figure out you know what makes this person tick and what's the fastest path to success for them. And then when you start doing that, over time you just get this incredible uh, sense of what it takes to help somebody develop into who God created them to be. And then you start hanging out with even more successful people because they seek you out. Somebody who. Is very, very successful and doing very, very well financially. Uh, they'll hear what a coach says differently based on what that coach is charging them.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? If they don't think the source has confidence in themselves, then they're going to pay a, a little bit less attention to it, even though it's great advice. I mean, it's, I wish it wasn't that way, but that's just the way we're wired. And so what's interesting is good coaches become great. Great coaches
0: become greater because those who they're working with keep elevating them. Yeah. If you, if you know, as folks, and I'm thinking about those of you looking for a coach, thinking about a coach, if you find somebody who on their webpage or in their video, or even in their first five minutes of talking to you claims that they know what you need, I'd say run the other direction. So there's no way that they can know what you need just based on what you said Right there, Tom, there's no way they can know that without some, I'm going to say detective work, a good coach or a consultant is going to be a great detective. Now they may be able to do that. And I'm going to talk to the coaches that you can do that pretty deftly, fairly, even through just an input form on your website. I rely on that. So if you go to kevinmiller.co and go to where I have, I have an, an intake form that pretty much asks the questions that I need to know. And in my own bio or my own offering, I'm saying, "Hey, here's what I do well and here's what I don't. I'm trying to filter them out so I don't even get an inquiry unless it's probably somebody I can, I can help because I filter them out through one of those, but it's a detective opportunity. We need to be detectives to figure out what people know. And something you said uh, a minute ago made me think back to a not a sale well, kind of a sales aspect but something that I ask people as they are trying to step out and be an influencer, they're trying to offer something out there and it's saying, do you want to in this, whatever your arena is, whether it's health coach, business coach, something like that. Are you looking to awaken people to a need or to direct those who are already awake to it? To me, that's a huge differentiator in any business product or service, because I know that I'm not an awakener overall. I'm not going out and trying to sell, uh, health and wellness to people. It's going to offend some people, but I'm not, I'm not hanging out in fast food lines. I don't think those people are probably that awake to real, uh, health, wellness, and nutrition. Um, I'm talking to the people who are already along those lines and trying to help them. If we talk about drive, which is the, the area that I like so much, I'm not as good at helping people speed up and figure out, you know, where and how and what they want to drive. I'm really better at refining people who already have some high speed driving skills from a personal standpoint. Now, my book will hit more than that, but that's really where if I'm going to work with you, that's who I'm going to work with. I just know that about myself. That's where I'm best, you know, set. So again, that awaken or direct, are you looking to, we're back to that aspect of a mental, you know, support or directive, I think it's, again, it's huge. That's our responsibility as coaches and consultants to know, but I want people to hear that who are looking, that's for you to go figure out. And it may take a little bit of a discovery session with you, with a coach who's hopefully doing the job of pulling that out. That, and that is, I think the essence of a discovery session, which Tom, you know, you know, there's so many different ways that people do Coaching that they take off, coaching and consulting, then they take off prospects. I talked about an intake form. A lot of people have an introductory session. Maybe you do a fifteen-minute call first. Um, it, it's going to be different for different people.
1: Yeah, in our process, uh, and I love the way we do it. Somebody's thinking about either becoming a coach or they're thinking about engaging a coach. We just ask them this question. You know, after fifty questions where we help them to, we ask them the questions where they get to paint the future. I have a saying, we, we, we create the future we see. So what future do you see for yourself? Now, a, lot, a problem is, is people are blind. They don't see a future for themselves. And so a coach starts to clear their lenses, right? It's like, imagine you've got on sunglasses and they're caked with mud and a coach's job is to come in and say, hey, let's, let's clean that mud off. Let's get a clear picture of where you want to go. Yeah. And Then that person starts to they starts to awaken. Right. You said you're not an awakener, but but you are. I mean, you're awakening a lot of things in this podcast for people, right? You're making the the thing that's it's just not your first love, which is great. It doesn't have to be your first love, but but the process is the same. We 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 clean off the glasses, mm-hmm. and we say, how does the world look now? Yeah, and a lot of times on the phone, uh, people will cry. Like, really? You think so? Yeah. Hey, yeah, that's up to you. I do think so, but it's up to you. And then, and then that last question that that we ask is, "Wow, could you see yourself living that? And how would you feel if you did?" Yeah. And then we say. Would you like some help getting there? That's how we engage and invite people in. Yeah. Would you like some help? Right. But but you can't, you can't say, Hey, I know where you want to go. And this is the process and it's X amount of dollars a month. You ready? No, it's you, 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 you help them get clarity on their vision of where they want to go. So now they know where they want to go, but they're still in the same situation. They don't know how to get there. Yeah. Right. And so the coach just says, Would you like some help on getting there?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you, you bring to mind what I said a minute ago of watch out for the person who too quickly, the coach you too quickly says, Hey, I know just what you need. And instead the one I like to hear is, Let's see if I'm the best fit for you. Let's investigate that. No different. Again, we're back on sales to say, I don't care what your product or service is. There's no way that you can know right off the bat or should know, or even act like, you know, that you've, that I need it. You're to help me as a ethical salesperson. You're there to help me figure out, is it what I need? And you, you talked, you you mentioned that Tom, it is up to you. And that hit me. Man, many years ago in a sales platform, when I heard the next person say, well, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. I'll see if it'll work for me. And it dawned on me, those people it never works out for. If you're looking for that thing, will it work for me? My thought is, no, it won't. You will work for you. Now, granted, it's got to you know, give you some guidance. It's got to be a valuable tool resource and, and package of guidance, but will, but you will work for you. So coming into coaching if it's a a submissive, hey, I hope this will take me along, makes me think of climbing Mount Everest. You don't hire a Sherpa to carry you. You hire a Sherpa to go alongside to help you, but you are the only one who can take those steps. Even if you're Eric Weinmayer, who we had on the show, and he's blind, and he had to be really guided, but he did it. It was his feet. It was his step up the next ledge. uh, It was his balance. It was his using his senses to the fullest degree. That's what we are to do. Now, I, I do just want to, before we wrap up with that, with this, uh, Tom, that of course there you're going to find yourself sometimes as somebody who wants coaching, feeling like, I just, I don't know. I don't know enough of what I need to go forward and say, hey, I need a coach or a consultant who will give me X, Y, Z. I understand that. So I'm sa- I think that's coming back to just what we've gone over. Your first audit of a coach is to say, you know, maybe in the, or in that scenario to say, look, I don't know what I need. Can you help me figure out what I need? Whether it's you or not, and that's something I love about Zigler. It's something I've adopted that if I'm talking with somebody to say, look, you come in, let's figure out what you need. And again, if I'm the best fit, because if I'm not, it may be you. And I know for me, for every inquiry that I get for coaching or consulting. I I don't know the stats exactly, but I'm going to say it's close to one out of four that I even feel like I'm a good fit for. And I refer them out. Um, and that probably gains me more trust and referrals than anything else, uh, because people trust that. And it is, it's just authentic. I realize, I mean, I'm not the, I'm a fit for a finite amount of people. Um, but, uh, yeah. I think this did a good job. We didn't even get through, we had some other comments, but they really covered this, uh, good. from a, from a high level of, yeah, what do you need? And from a coaching standpoint, being responsible for what you have to offer. It's the most profitable way to go about it. Don't you think? 100%. Yeah. It's,
1: I just think, um, it would serve every human being well to learn the skill set and motive of a great coach yeah cuz if you do those two things if you know how to dig and ask the questions where the individual ends up taking ownership of, of their own life right and then the motive is purely to make a difference in somebody's life mm-hmm. right it's not to make a sale, it's
0: to make a difference in somebody's life. Then everything else will take care of itself. Yep. Yep. Man, I've been called to mat to the mat on that just with parenting. Uh I I wish I could coach and consult my kids all in the same way, but it just doesn't work. So Oh my gosh.
1: I tell you what, my deal is is I'll I'll be coaching someone and I'll give them some advice and I'm like, Man, I should really do that myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. It's yeah. like yeah, it's, it's so fun. And that's why we need a
0: coach, that's, right? It, we, it is. We that,
1: won't call ourselves out. That's, that's what gives me
0: accountability is with my kids who are going, okay, so here, I got some good counsel for you. Now, you know that I don't do this well either, but- I talk, Tom Ziegler says, I can always (laughs) reference somebody else. You know, I'm just the messenger here. That's probably, well, I hope this is beneficial for everyone who is interested in getting a coach, which I hope is most people and for those who are coaching and how they can best serve people. Tom, man, uh, it's a gift to always learn something in these shows with you. Always. If you know others who are interested in getting some coaching or consulting or know folks who are already coaches or consultants, you might share this episode with them, help them be more effective in their searches and their offerings. And for those who are or want to be coaches and consultants, I encourage you to engage with Tom Ziegler himself at Ziegler.com slash coach leadership program and see what support they can give you. Coming up next in Ziegler show episode 981, I bring you Zoe chance. Zoe leads the most popular business course at Yale, and it's about influence. From her many years of teaching this packed out course, she's just come out with a book called Influence is Your Superpower. We had an incredible conversation about what creates influence and how to wield it. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together.